بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي درشي بالله respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home after the rescue of hazrat zirar radiyallahu ta'ala an alhamdulillah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave victory to hazrat khalid bin walid radiyallahu ta'ala an on the other side towards baitul lihya hazrat Khalid bin Walid launched many attacks unceasing attacks and it was too difficult for the Roman relief column to bear the attacks and eventually what had happened is that they decided to just run away from Baitul Lihya and not to fight Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an they turned on their heels and ran towards the direction of MSR Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an usually what his practice was he would pursue the disbelievers the kuffar follow them wherever they went but in this case Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an was not interested he knew that the situation back in Dimashq was very very tense he left Dimashq in the control of Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an he was responsible for the siege in full command responsibility was given to him and he was approximately 5 to 6000 men short so there was no time to waste Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an understood the urgency for the muslimin for the mujahideen to quickly come to the aid of hazrat abu ubaidah ibn jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an all the two commanders and the amir hazrat zirar radiyallahu ta'ala an hazrat rafi and hazrat khalid bin walid with the mujahideen returned back to dimashq as soon as hazrat khalid bin walid got to dimashq he resumed his position as an overall amir and reestablished very quickly the muslim positions to their original locations each of the gates were distributed to defend them by the muslims and the siege was there when this news broke out to the inhabitants of dimashq they were hoping and in the entire hope was pinned upon the relief column 
that was sent by Heraclius, a force of 12,000 to come and break the siege and to help them. When they got the news, it was grievous news, a lot of pain. They were shocked. How was it possible for the Muslimin to have a siege at one site and at the same time again to go and fight and to completely defeat another army, another detachment of the Romans of 12,000 people. So they were completely horrified and shocked. So you had two types of people inside the city. The first category, majority of them were the locals, the Syrians that were there. And on top of them you had the Roman commanders, Roman soldiers, you had Thomas who was in control overall inside the city uh, Dimashk. So a lot of them were now dejected, not in the mood to fight and there was even fear there might be this internal revolt inside the city if things don't go accordingly. Uh, there was also a delegation of prominent citizens of uh, Dimashk that went and met Thomas and explained the situation to him and they said to him that if you were defeated in Ajnadin where you had 90,000 Roman soldiers the army that came as reinforcements they have already been defeated don't you think the best thing for you would be to surrender surrender to Khalid bin Walid like the rest of the cities Thomas was a very stubborn man and a very brave and courageous man much more powerful and stronger than Azazir and Khulus who were beheaded by Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala and he was not going to surrender at all and he said that look give me a chance and he assured them that he has got many troops in the fort to defend the city. The city will not fall to the Muslims and the locals will not be humiliated. So all he wants is a chance. He was a tough man, strong character. He said to the people that I have a plan and the locals couldn't do much. Why? Because all the weapons were with the Romans. All the weapons were with the Romans. It's like today one part of the world has got all the weapons and the other side of the world has got nothing. In fact, they've just got stones that they throw. So obviously what are you going to do? They couldn't do much. They didn't have a choice but to listen to Thomas. Thomas had a plan. He was not going to stay inside sealed and locked up for any longer. It was the third week of September, he came up with a plan. He knew that for the Muslims, there was nothing to lose. They were prepared to wait outside for even a year if they needed to. The problem was, there was no food supply and the water was very less inside. So things were very, very tense. When you don't have food and when you don't have water, what happens? There's a lot of difficulty. Uh, people panic quickly and things were very very hard there was a possibility of internal mutiny revolt that was about to take place he wasn't going to waste time the next morning 
he decided that the best thing would be to break through one big gate and that gate is named after Thomas himself perhaps the historians have given that gate the name as the gate of Thomas because Thomas decided to break that and to attack the Muslims Thomas decided that was the biggest gate there to open the gate slowly and to have foot soldiers and to meet the Muslims there on the ground and to fight them and to break the defense this was the plan very cleverly what he did from the rooftop of Dimashk the city if you see very high on the top you had slingers and you had archers all of them all the different sectors now moved into one position so you had a lot of slingers you had archers on the top and he gave his decision that when I say strike I want you all of you to shoot your arrows at the Muslims that are down and to throw stones at them so that Muslims would be pushed back and it would be easy for the Romans to open up the gate and to debauch from that section and to attack the Muslims this was the plan when he looked at the slingers and at the archers he gave his command and they started showering the arrows at the Muslims this was a very very difficult moment for the Muslims uh, logically one can understand that when you are on top you've got an advantage so when you're going to strike at your enemy you're an easy target and as for the Muslims to defend it's quite a reach to strike back and to hit them and also the fact was that the Muslims were nothing compared to the Romans they outnumbered the Muslims and on this sector where the gate of Thomas was the man in charge was Hazrat Shurahbil with him Hazrat Khalid bin Walid only gave him 5,000 soldiers and that was it and the rest were divided and distributed on the other gates so with 5,000 soldiers he had to stop Thomas and the army from pushing out and advancing to break the siege a difficult moment when they started showering arrows from the, from the top and when they were throwing stones it is said that the front the, the first and the second and the third saf of the Muslimin uh, became shaheed were martyred instantly it was a difficult moment it was very hard to stop but Hazrat Shirahbil from the back was saying that I don't want you to move stay in your position defend the position there was a line a siege line that Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an had made to make sure that nobody should go behind this line and with their taqwa and iman and such soldiers they were they were prepared they just stood there as the arrows were coming a lot of them were retaliating back and also attacking one great mujahid whose name is Hazrat Aban bin Sa'id he was newly married at that time uh, it might be a surprise to some of the people you might wonder that how are nikah taking place in a battlefield in Syria where the Muslims are fighting the Romans one must understand that these are Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een or if not Sahabai Kiram they are Tabi'een these were great people when they went out in the path of Allah they sacrificed everything 
مال اور جان سب کچھ اللہ کے لیے ایوری تھنگ واز ڈن سو وین دے وینٹ آؤٹ دے ٹک ود دیم آل دے پوزیشنس دا وائف دا مدر دا سسٹر دا ڈوٹرز ایوری تھنگ واز ٹیکن ود دیم آل دے پوزیشنس اینڈ دا کمانڈ واز گیون بائی حضرت ابو بکر صدیق دیٹ رائٹ عراق وی نیڈ ٹو ٹیک دیٹ سیریا وی نیڈ ٹو ٹیک دیٹ آل دا مجاہدین آل دا ٹرائبس وین دے سو اے گروپ آف مجاہدین گوئنگ آؤٹ آل آف دیم ہو آر مسلمس ڈیسائڈ رائٹ وی آر ٹو جوائن دیم اینڈ ایوری بڈی کیم الانگ سو یو ہیڈ دا مجاہدین ان دا فرنٹ اینڈ دین رائٹ ایٹ دا بیک یو ہیڈ کیمپس اینڈ دین یو ہیڈ دا ویمن اینڈ یو ہیڈ دین آل دا پوزیشنس دیٹ ور دے سو ایون ڈیورنگ دا فائٹ دے ور آل دیز سوشل relationship that that would take place nikah would take place if somebody passed away the janaza would take place everything was there hukuk was given to the women also so one great man a mujahid newly wedded aban bin saeed he was in the second row of the of the archers that were there the, the muslim standing right in front of the gate and he was made shaheed it is said that when the wife found out that she is now a widow she was so angry and this lady was a great fighter also a great fighter subhanallah today women only know how to fight with husbands today women only know shiraz is that the case don't say anything eh? today women only know how to fight the husband Subhanallah but these women knew how to fight the enemies of Islam it is said about her and in the books of history her name is not recorded well the books that i have seen for for the history that we are covering a lot of books have been written but i haven't managed to uh, to to search up what her name was wallahu alam maybe there is but the sahabi the husband who was made shaheed aban bin saeed the wife of aban bin said it is said that she learned archery by her father and the brother they were experts in shooting arrows she got so angry she was full of vengeance and she wanted to retaliate she had with her her own bow that she had made and she picked up some arrows and she stood in front of the line where muslim archers were standing and she would not just shoot the arrow at one particular direction she was such an expert skillful that she would want to target the enemy that is how confident she was it is said how the kuffar would fight that on every side of the fort where you had the romans throwing stones and also shooting arrows you would have one religious person a priest who was uh, protected with a lot of bodyguards but at the same time he would hold a cross and he would bless the soldiers and would say to them yes god is with you the father is with you and the son is with you and the holy spirit is with you and so and so is with you that spirit is with you this spirit is with you sari ki sari duniya ki spirit unke sathi and they say yes you will be you will defeat your enemies do that do this make sure just to galvanize and just to uh, spark spirit inside them so they would look at the priest and then shoot look at the priest and shoot look at the priest and shoot so this lady subhanallah 
she said that I am not going to take out anyone but this priest. And to, and to target the priest was virtually impossible, Shabir Bhai. Why? Because zero visibility. He was heavily guarded. He's not going to stand in front there and look at everybody. It's not so, uh, there as, a, you know, as some scene to see. So he is there with the people at the back. It is said that the only possibility was one quick glance when the priest would turn and then turn back turn and then turn back and she has to be extremely precise to shoot an arrow and to get him so he was there with the cross and blessing the Roman soldiers subhanallah it is said that she was waiting for the right time with her arrow and as soon as she got a glance of that priest she shot the arrow it hit the priest in with such force the ulama have mentioned that when, it, when the arrow hit the priest, it came out from the other side. With such force. Respected brothers, this is not uh, some Harry Potter story that I am relating in front of you. These are facts. These are facts written by great, great scholars. People like Allama Waqidi, Rahmatullah Alayh. Most famous kitabs of Futuhu Sham. These are, it's written there. So when this lady shot that arrow, subhanallah, it just went through him, pierced him, went out. And the priest with the cross holding the cross came down, falling from the top down. A delightful sight for the Muslim, but disarray for the kuffar. They were shocked to see that the, that the priest is down. And this was the case with them all the time. Whenever the head or religious figures or their generals were down, again they would lose the nerve to fight the Muslims. So this man came down and she was prepared to fight. She was, the nikah was done, newly married, and now she is there standing with the archers full of vengeance. The first one that comes down is the priest. The ulama have mentioned, however, the initial exchange of combat that took place the upper hand was given to the Romans the Romans had an advantage and slowly Hazrat uh, Shirahbil had no choice but to move from the siege line so he went back it was difficult because there was uh, the, the arrows were coming down like raindrops at the Muslims so, so he had to push back and when he pushed back it is said that Thomas had that opportunity to sally through and to open up the gates and the gates were opened up and now the Roman soldiers, foot soldiers are coming out one after another, one after another, one after another. On the other side from the top again the arrows, the shooting of the arrows and the slingers intensified their work. And now you had the foot soldiers coming. As the foot soldiers were coming, foot soldiers were coming. Hazrat Shurahbil, alhamdulillah, was giving his command to make sure that the Muslims fight and they don't give up and they don't surrender to continue. There were only 5,000 mujahideen, remember. And the kuffar were many. They had all gathered and they were waiting to come out from the gate of Thomas. Thomas himself decided to come out from the gates, from that gate, and to fight 
the Muslims. He was a fighter, a brave man. This was the very first time for him to experience an encounter uh, in the battlefield to fight the Muslims. He fought with the Persians, he fought with other people, but this was the first opportunity at hand with the Muslims to experience how Muslims fought. So he very quickly and slowly camouflaged himself with the foot soldiers and he slowly got out from the gate, the gate of Thomas, as he came out. His aim and target was only one, to take out the Muslim general. To spot the Muslim general and to fight him. It is said that he would look out and watch out. Obviously the Muslims were dressed up in a very simple manner. It was only Hazrat Shurahbil's constant shouting and chanting to the Muslims that gave away uh, an indication that he must be the Muslim general looking after this gate. He knew that Shurahbil was the, the, the Amir and the general. He went close to Hazrat Shurahbil. He still didn't have the confidence to fight Hazrat Shurahbil face to face. He decided to attack Shurahbil from the back and to surprise him. As Hazrat Shurahbil had turned his back on one side, he came running towards Hazrat Shurahbil to finish off Hazrat Shurahbil. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the protector. Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil. Allah is kafi. Subhanallah. And now, who protects Hazrat Shurahbil? When this man Thomas, the general, comes in front, that widow of Hazrat Aban bin Sa'id, she is there monitoring everything, what is happening. As a woman, she was at the back also. Now she is there looking and notice that this man, very powerful and expert with the sword, slowly coming out, taking on a lot of the Muslims. And he comes close to Hazrat Shurahbil, but Hazrat Shurahbil has no notice of him. And he is coming close and he is about to strike at Hazrat Shurahbil. She takes her arrow out quickly and she shoots at Thomas. She takes out the priest and now she shoots at the... At the, at the main person, Thomas. And which part of the body did she aim at? What do you think? Race? G? On the shoulder? No, no, no. no. Head, head. She was so precise in her aim that the arrow got stuck to the right eye of Thomas. The arrow got stuck to the right eye of Thomas. It just went straight inside Thomas. As it went inside, Thomas just fell back. And these kind of things happen in, a, in the battlefield. This is not unusual, especially when it's uh, the conventional method of fighting, not just striking from air when you come out in the open and when you are fighting. A lot of things happen. People uh, lose a lot of limbs. And Hazrat Qatada radiallahu ta'ala an, one Sahabi comes to mind. In the battle of Uhud, he received a, a massive blow on the eye. And as he was walking, Hazrat Qatada says that my eye just fell out from the socket. Just came out. 
as it came out, he was holding the eye on, uh, uh, in the hands. And he didn't know what to do until someone said to him that go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And there he is carrying the eye and he went to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam and he says, Ya Rasulullah, look at my condition. That is why in the hadith it comes that for the mujahideen who fight for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, natural anesthetic is given to them. Uh, subhanallah. It, it, in the hadith it comes that they don't feel no pain. They don't feel no pain. It is like the pecking of the bird. It is like the pecking of the bird. This is in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam got hold of the eye and just pushed it into the, the socket, the right section. And Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam subhanallah prayed on it and after a bit when he removed the hands he said to Hazrat Qatada, Qatada tell me can you see now? Can you see now? Hazrat Qatada radiallahu ta'ala says that that eye, the view, became very, very sharp. I could see everything very, very clearly. This was the mu'jiza of Huzur alayhi salatu And so the arrow hit Thomas in the eye. He was down. Now the general is down. There's panic with the foot soldiers. And they start to scream, what are we to do now? Quickly some of the foot soldiers picked up Thomas and they took him back. And now again they lost their nerve, they were not to fight Hazrat Shirahbil and the Mujahid. Slowly, slowly, instead of advancing forward, they were now going back. And as they were going back, they got back completely until they shut the doors on the Muslims. So now the gate of Thomas was also shut. Alhamdulillah, this was victory for the Muslims. This is what the Muslims want. There's panic inside, there's fighting internally. This is what Muslims want. This is the plan of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Now, Thomas is injured. Surgeons come and they look at the eye. The surgeons said to Thomas that with such force the arrow was struck, stuck, struck that one part of it is such that it is impossible to cut out. So they only cut the shaft part out and one part was still inside the eye. And they said that if we remove that, it will be extremely painful for you. So the option is yours. We either take everything out and you bear the pain, or just leave one part inside. And he said, no, just cut it into one sec- two sections, one part of it out and one inside. And this man was an extraordinary person, a very, very strong person. He just stood up after that, and instead of... Uh, giving up and saying that right we will surrender to the Muslims he vowed and he said for my one eye I will take out a thousand eyes of the enemy and he got so angry and frustrated these are the words of Thomas he said that I will defeat the Muslims in Syria I will push them out from Syria and when they go back home in Arabia I will follow them in Arabia and I will drive them out from Arabia until Arabia becomes a habitation for wild beasts. This is how angry he was. With that one part of the arrow still stuck to the eye. And again a delegation came to him 
and said to him that look the best thing is to surrender you are not in that position to fight the Muslims and your army is not in that position to fight but he was not prepared to listen to the locals the very next night again he came up with a plan all the Roman generals were there and he said that again we attack from the door of uh, the gate of Thomas to, to exploit the situation a lot of the Muslim Mujahideen were made shaheed he says when we attack from the gate of Thomas simultaneously the Romans must also attack from other doors so the Muslims are occupied at all doors and nobody would come to the aid of Hazrat Shrahbil radiallahu ta'ala this was his plan so now early in the morning in the night after midnight usually the the two uh, armies would not confront at that time but again he decided night time was the best night to attack the Muslims thinking that the Muslims might be weak and to catch them by surprise the gate of Thomas was opened up again and when that gate was opened up the Jabia gate and also the small gate and the east gate all the three gates were attacked and opened up by the Romans so that the Muslims are occupied at all ends and wherever the Muslims are weak and defeated that will become the main sector for the Romans to come out and to break the siege this was the plan subhanallah on the Jabia gate Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah was the, the son of the surgeon he was an expert swordsman it is said when the gate opened Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah went straight in front and fought with the first Romans that were there and all of a sudden it was like as if he was just slicing them down and all of them just came down they were so horrified of how Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah was thinking that there might be a lot of Muslims behind Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah so very quickly instead of opening the gate they shut the gate of Jabia, they panicked and then they went to the small gate the small gate was again a difficult gate there Hazrat Yazid radiallahu ta'ala an was in charge it is said that Yazid radiallahu ta'ala an did not have a lot of mujahideen Hazrat Khalid bin Walid gave him less mujahideen in number thinking that there was a possibility the gate is not that big they won't use this gate so Hazrat Yazid did not have a lot of mujahideen to protect protect him and also the gate when they came out they noticed that there are hardly any Muslims so they were shouting that this is the best gate all of you turn here and come through this gate and we will break the siege this gate is the small gate you have to be with me continuously because now we are covering every part of the battle it's sometimes difficult for me also to speak out but you have to listen and as we go inshallah slowly 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 we will understand how the Muslims sacrificed it, it is really uh, for me it is shocking when I see the amount of brothers who take part and interest in Islamic history it seems that Muslims are not interested we are Muslims and the barakat of Islam are the companion sahabai kiram ajma'in iman that we have Allah is the one who gives iman in hidayat but these 
are sacrifices that have been made by Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in. Subhanallah. We go out to different parts of the world and people are thirsty and, and they want knowledge. People are out there thirsty for knowledge. Here it seems that, subhanallah, everybody is so independent. This is history, Islamic history. And that is why this history is not taught in schools. Why they don't want to expose Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an. For if the world knew who Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was, if the world knew who Hazrat Zira radiallahu ta'ala an was, people would forget other figures, other uh, great figures. And they would want to, to read about Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala. So as Muslims it's our duty. So as they broke into the gate, Hazrat Yazid was there, MashaAllah, who comes to rescue Hazrat Yazid? Hazrat Zirar. Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala comes with 2,000 men. And virtually in the Arabic script, Al-Waqidi writes, when Hazrat Zirar came, and his army, troops of 2,000 men under Hazrat Zirar, they attacked the Romans that came out with such force that they thought that they were jinns attacking them. Jinns attacking them. And it is translated as, as if devils were attacking them with such force. And quickly that gate was also shut. <laughs> one, one gate of Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah with his sword. And here Hazrat Zirar made sure that this gate closed very quickly. But intense fighting was taking place on the east gate. East gate where you had Hazrat Rafi' radiallahu ta'ala an. And Hazrat Rafi' radiallahu ta'ala an. Again he had Mujahideen up to 5,000. But the gate was quite big. And a lot of them were just flooding out from that gate. And were pushing Hazrat Rafi' at the back. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala and saw the position, two gates were, were closed and two gates were open. One was the gate of Thomas where the Shirehbil has been fighting all day long. And then you had the new gate that was the east gate where you had Hazrat Rafi. And he's noticed that Hazrat Rafi was being pushed back. So Hazrat Zirar was at a distance. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid decided that it was time for him now to come and to protect Hazrat Rafi. Hazrat Khalid only had 400 veteran soldiers with him. Kitne? Only 400. And these people were coming out. Trademark words that were chanted from the mouth of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid all the time. And this was famous amongst the Romans also. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was serious and when he would go in the battlefield, he would let the people know who he really was. So he would come in front and he would chant out. Each of the companions had their own method to fight. Hazrat Zirar would shake a lot. In a trance. And Hazrat Khalid bin Walid would go right in the front and he would look at them in the eyes and would say to them, and this was his karamat. The ulama have mentioned when he would say that I am the sword of Allah. He would say in front of them, Beware, I am the sword of Allah. It was as if though ground was taken out from beneath the enemies. They would shiver and quiver. They, had, they could not stand in front of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Just the voice. So he would go in front and say, I am 
the sword of Allah and I am Khalid bin Walid. Respected brothers, it is said that when Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said that, everything just changed around. They just did not want to advance and no one wanted to come in front of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid with 400 soldiers that were blocking the advancement. Slowly Hazrat Khalid bin Walid came in front of them and pushed them all until that east gate was also completely closed. Completely closed. Now you had Hazrat al-Shurhabil. Allah give jazai khair to Hazrat al-Shurhabil. For the whole day, the Mujahideen have been fighting. And now continuously, without respite, throughout the night, the Mujahideen are also fighting. Thomas was at that side. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was at the opposite end. There Hazrat al-Shurhabil is fighting and fighting. It is said, quickly my respected brothers, inshallah to conclude. It is said that both the commanders... The Roman commander and the Muslim commander, Hazrat Shurahbil, were at duel and were fighting now. And when both of them were fighting, it is as if though the rest of the troops just were at the, at the back in their own area watching the two commanders fight. And the fighting got very, very intense. Both of them were very, very strong until Hazrat Shurahbil found an opportunity. When he found that opportunity, he wanted to strike at Thomas on the right shoulder but he turned very very quickly and as he uh, as Hazrat Shurahbil took an aim at Thomas he turned and it hit the metal uh, chest plates of Thomas and the sword of Hazrat Shurahbil broke into pieces and when the sword broke into pieces Hazrat Shurahbil was on the ground and this time Thomas took his sword and he pointed the sword on the chest of Hazrat Shurahbil radiallahu ta'ala an and he was about to take that aim and to finish off Hazrat Shurahbil radiallahu ta'ala an quickly two mujahideen came and got hold of Thomas one took the one shoulder and the other took the other shoulder took hold of him and quickly threw him on the ground and they threw the sword at Hazrat Shurahbil. Hazrat Shurahbil quickly took his ground, stood up and said, leave him still, I want to fight. And again both of them started to fight. Until the fight was so intense, and then the Muslims started to fight with the Romans, until the Romans had enough. It is said that slowly Thomas disappeared, and went back into the fort and also the Romans now were so tired of fighting the Muslims. The Muslims did not give them any space to advance until all of them went back inside and they closed the gate of Thomas also. Now Alhamdulillah all the gates were opened up for the second time and shut by the Muslimin. This was the second attempt by Thomas to break the siege which was again unsuccessful insha'Allah ta'ala if Allah wills we will continue uh, from this where we left off in the next session insha'Allah respected brothers please invite other youngsters the youth mashallah to come and to participate and to hear and to listen to the heroes of Islam Hazrat Khalid bin Walid Hazrat Zirar Hazrat Rafi' Hazrat Yazid all these great great companions of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and some are sahaba kiram ajma'een, some are tabi'een. 30 minutes, 35 minutes from the 24 hours that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us.
It is our duty, go outside, invite the people, explain to them, Alhamdulillah, we are covering Islamic history, invite them so that they can benefit, Alhamdulillah, from the programs. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawwabur rahim Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Sami'na wa atana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir Birahmatika ya arhamar rahim